0: Live from Washington, D.C., it's Quintessential Listening, Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Hello, and welcome to the program. My guest today is noted poet Debbie Montager. Debbie is author of the book, Tears of Change, Poems, Reflections, and Quotes for the Meaning of Life. Debbie, how are you? Are you with me?
1: Yes, I am. Thank you for having me on
0: the you're, show. You're more than welcome. It's an early Thursday morning, and it's an important conversation that we're going to have. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Great. Well, let's let's begin this journey. What is poetry, Debbie?
1: Poetry are, I believe, they're expressions and feelings of the heart. I uh, say in my book, it's uh, poetry is a voice, a song, a dance. It's a creative form of expression that unfolds the magic and the vision of our heart and soul. I always like to say it's a step away from the intellect uh, because it's from the heart. And it's a spiritual journey of emotional awareness within oneself. And every piece of poetry oh, very, is unique.
0: Very nice, very nice, very nice. How does a poem begin for you? With an idea, a form, or an image? My
1: poem inspiration comes from—I uh, I would say from both—an idea, but sometimes uh, a form as well. I—I I would say uh, either one of those. I can get inspired anywhere, uh, from the grocery store simple as that, or reading a book or listening to a song. You know, sometimes when I read books, I get very inspired, and I start jotting down some notes that, that formulate in my mind, like, oh, that would make a good poem.
0: All right, all right. Will, please share a poem with us.
1: Okay. Well, I have several, so, and they all carry different uh, meanings based on where Your feelings or where where you're at in your life, but I think I'll do one on contemplation. It's called The Weeping Willow. So this is about a tree. And it goes like this. Have you ever seen a tree so tall? Has it reached its highest peak? The branches droop, soft and serene. Does this weeping willow weep? Is it tears that make the tree so lush, the luster of its slender leaves? I don't think a tree would grieve. It's always there to please. Its beauty and its shadow cast a glow in late afternoon. When nighttime falls, the willows sway beneath the peaceful moon. When dawn arrives, the specks of dew embrace each delicate leaf. That's why one might say, Weeps. The wind whispers through each willow as the branches swing to and fro. A marvel of God's creation as we watch this willow grow. Oh, wow.
0: That was beautiful.
1: So back to your uh earlier question, where did that inspiration came from? One day I was just taking a stroll and I saw a tree.
0: Hello? Hello, did I lose you? Yes. <laughs> something happened. <laughs> uh, repeat that again, please. <laughs> the oh, technology, I was the something happened. After
1: I read the poem Yeah, something did. It went blank. You heard the entire (laughs) poem. So what I said with our earlier conversation, where did that inspiration come from, was simply uh, looking at a tree and the the beauty and the marvel of it
0: all. And I thought, I'm
1: going to write a poem on that tree. So that's how that Mm -hmm. poem was inspired and formulated.
0: Now, all great writers have great writing influences. Who's some of yours and what's making special or great in your eyes?
1: Well, I would say I'm not formally schooled in poetry. I didn't take a lot of poetry classes, so it truly comes from my heart. I just feel very driven and inspired to write. But at an early, I would say probably twenty, thirty years ago, there's a woman by the name of June Kotner. She published books. Um, they're table books, like my book, and she wasn't the original author of all the poems, but she put in other authors' poetry. And it was about it's a book about graces and poetry and prayers. And I always felt drawn to that. I loved opening it up and reading all the different poets she she uh, talks about in there. And I I know a lot of it came from there.
0: All right, very nice. And, and her meeting. name again?
1: Yeah. June. And Kottner. her name again?
0: June. Kottner. June Kotner. Yeah, yes. she's an inspirational yes. writer. She has several books out there. Okay, very nice, very nice. Now, what inspired you to write? Tears of change, poems, reflections, and quotes are for a meaningful life.
1: Well, my journey began in writing, which prior to this time I had no idea I would be a poet. <laughs> okay. uh, life unfolds right. with many, many magical things. I was suffering from a very debilitating case of anxiety, and part of my healing process from anxiety was to journal. So I would journal and write and whatever, you know, was up my, on my mind. And from that journaling, I just extracted things and started writing poetry and writing in rhyme. And that's kind of where it originated. Um, I know this may seem kind of silly, but Dr. Seuss, or Dr. Seuss, you know, the children's author, yes. I must have read all his books from front to back to uh, so many times when I was a child and I just loved him and, I think that's where a lot of my meter and rhyme comes from when I write, and Mother Goose, of Mm. course. Back in my generation, Mm -hmm. I'm revealing my age here, (laughs) but I'm sure that's where a lot of the rhyme came from. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, go ahead.
0: All right. (laughs) I was just listening. I wanted to know, and you may have already answered this question, what was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power?
1: Ooh, I think when I composed uh, probably my first poem, and I I, I surprised myself a little bit because as I started writing, I I was uh, finding truth and meaning in that, and I was a little surprised that at at what transpired once I put everything down on paper.
0: Well, what did transpire?
1: Uh, my work, my poems, stanzas, and meaning, and um, description of my subject—it uh, it was pretty powerful for me to move into that. And then that kind of okay. gave me the inspiration to write about more. My poetry originated from—it was very sad in the beginning because I was going through anxiety, you know, a form of depression. So I was mm-hmm. writing about sadness, and I have some of the poems in my book um, are talk about tears and sadness and despair. And that was very cathartic for me, um, moving through that. So from there, All I right. um, once I I worked through a lot of the sadness, I started writing, writing about joy and gratitude and love. And it's mm-hmm. kind of a series mm-hmm. of changing It was just a series of poems that, uh, well, please that I wrote. Share another, please,
0: share, well, please share another poem. Please share another poem. I, I, hopefully I didn't interrupt, but please share another poem. I love it. Okay, good, good.
1: Okay, this one's a little longer. This is one of my favorites. It's it's called A Child's World, and it's actually spoken. I wrote it, but it's truly, I call it a child's creed. It's, it's truly spoken from a child's heart and how they um, uh, move through their life. So uh, it's called A Child's World, as I said. I'm only a child. Please watch me grow. Teach me the things that I need to know. My world is little I can't yet see. My journey in life, my destiny. Guide me now when I am small. It's these years that count the most of all. When you scold, it's hard to understand. Punish me with a guiding hand. Not one so firm it hurts my pride. Let me know you are on my side. When I am wrong, politely tell me so. Do not. I have no other place to go. Be kind to me, you must see. I'm not a perfect entity. The mistakes I make, my messes unclean, are my stepping stones to learn and succeed. The tidiness can be altered a bit, but the adventures in me must never quit. Read with me, write with me, sing with me too. These are the things that I like to do. It's quality time, a necessity to pursue. It's important right now that I lean on you. Please give me all the love I need. It nourishes me. It puts me at ease. Hugs and kisses, they are the best. Their gentleness assures me that I am blessed. I'm only a child. Please watch me grow. Soon I'll be an adult, and then I will know. The love and togetherness that we shared will bring me lifelong happiness because I knew you cared.
0: Hmm. That one
1: I always like to
0: quote. No, please continue. (laughs) Continue.
1: Oh, I always like to say after I recite that poem is being an adult or a caregiver or a guardian. It's so important that we watch our external voice when we talk to children because Mm
0: -hmm. so many
1: words can become their internal voice. So we just need to be careful, you know, how we raise our kids and speak to them because they're little sponges. They absorb so much.
0: Yes, they do. I agree with that one hundred percent. Why do you think that we hide our gifts behind our fears?
1: I think I, I and I say that a lot in my in my uh, writing and when I speak. I, our gifts are our gifts transpire from moving through our fears. I think so many of us, including myself, we we have a hard time maybe discovering our gifts and talents. And where I found mine is when I moved into some of those more challenging or fearful emotions that I didn't want to feel. But, you know, it's easy to be happy and, you know, honor all that. But if if you're nervous about something or you don't want to move into a certain emotion or fear, I think once you dive into that and uncover it and start peeling the layers away, you'll find your talents that's what happened with me with poetry i had no idea as i said earlier that i'd be a writer uh, a poet mm-hmm. especially and i know working through some of those emotions in therapy i didn't want to go through um moved me to start writing and discovering some of my gifts so well, uh, my point so is you know honor all of your emotions even the even the fearful ones because there's gifts there <laughs>
0: Well, do you think that someone could be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Um, you know, I don't
1: know. That's a good question because, you know, being a poet is is, is very vulnerable. I mean, you really open mm. yourself up, and you open yourself up to all your emotions. I believe that's when there's uh, integrity and, um, you know, truth. So I think you, you, I guess as I think about it, you could be. I don't think you you may not tap into your true authentic self if you don't honor everything. But
0: it's possible. Mm-hmm. All right. To write. Now, when you think about sure. when you think about writing, does it energize or exhaust you?
1: Oh, it energizes me. It excites me. I get I get very excited, especially if I start something, and and, uh, and I just keep writing. And you know the writing process. You being a writer as well. It, so many people, they'll sit down and they want it perfect the first time. It's not like that. <laughs> it's you know, it's mm-hmm. like an outline. You have to write ideas, and then you start, uh, you know, writing more about those ideas. And before you know it, it's 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 kind of fun for me to play with words. I like playing with words. So, and I love the thesaurus. Like when I initially write, I'll have the same word maybe five times, sometimes in the same few stanzas, and I have to go back and say, oh, okay. Too much redundancy. That's where all the other words comes in. All
0: right. You know, it's funny. That's one of my questions that I ask. What are three of your Uh absolute favorite words to use?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, I would say happiness, love, um, fear. I use fear all the time. Challenge I use a lot, too.
0: Okay. What about three words stand out to you? What, what about those words stand Pardon? out to you? What about those words stand out say- that you would use? Th- that you would use them?
1: What about them that I would use them?
0: Yes. What about them stand out? Well, that I think there's out? a
1: lot of depth. Yeah, there's a lot of depth and meaning behind those. So, uh, I think that the kind of if I think of fear, I think of going into all different kinds of avenues within myself and trying to figure out, you know, what areas. That I'm fearful in, or if I think of happiness, what makes me happy? Where where, where does my happiness derive from?
0: Hmm. Please share a poem. Okay, let's do.
1: You know which one I want to do. I think I will recite this one. Is um, it's called "Fear Not, Soul, But Friend." And I, you know, I spoke about anxiety earlier, and this kind of chronicles the physical aspects of fear. Uh, like I said, you have one of my favorite words. Here we go with fear again. But this, uh, this outlines how you feel about fear and how
0: you move through it.
1: So like I said, it's called Fear Not Foe But friend. The thoughts that you fear are ones that must be faced. Open up your arms, accept their cold embrace. When fear shows its presence, it finds its resting place. Your mind begins to rustle. The heart begins to race. Let this anxious, anxious feeling encumber you a while. Absorb all of its energy, then wash away the denial. Now face what was a fear with a beaming smile. The emotions begin to fade. They only last a while. You must now remember fear is not so but friend. Don't negate the feeling. The fear comes to an end. So that, like I said, is taking the physical aspects of fear through the heart racing and the mind and all the uncomfortable feelings that come with fear. But once you move
0: through it, it
1: ends and you can move on.
0: You know, it's so difficult to move through fear, though, Debbie. Tell me more about it that. Is. How, do, how, do we do, how do we do that? How do we do it <laughs> successfully?
1: Well, you start small. That's you You hit the nail on the head with that one. It is hard to move through fear. And some people don't. Some people spend an entire lifetime just kind of in their own little box, and they don't move out of that space. And like I said earlier, I think when you move out of that space is when you start finding out, you know, you learn and you grow from that. We're, we grow every day. So I would say um, start small. I mean, start, jot things down. Like maybe start one day. What am I afraid of? It's as simple as that. And then look at your list and then maybe move into one of those and see if you could expand on that. So it, it's a slow process, and it is, it's difficult. It's hard. I think um, I always like to give an example, and I'll try to do it a little quickly here, but when I, uh, sure. another gift that I found through my anxiety working through it was um, my gift to be an interior designer. I've been an interior designer the past 22 years. And I I was hired by a studio just to work in the storefront and everything, and it ended up that I was starting to do design work for people. They wanted me. I was showing them books and, you know, rugs and furniture, all this stuff, and they liked what I put together, and I started to go off to their homes. Well, the very first home I went out to, I was so nervous. I didn't even sleep the night before. I, I had no sleep. I was – this is fear. I was so scared. Clammy <laughs> hands. Can I do this? Just not super confident, but – you know, I moved through it. I moved through the fear. I went. I ran on the appointment. It was fantastic. My client loved it. And had I not done that, what would I have done the last 22 years? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's, it's like yes. you have to take baby steps. But if you're afraid to do something, you need to recognize that that fear is probably, what What do they say, behind every, I forget the the saying, but behind your fears are your, your greatest gifts, something to that aspect. But mm-hmm. because fear, it's scary because it's something new, and I and
0: it's a learning process and it's a growing process. That's
1: how I view it.
0: You know, it's funny. I've heard fear described as or defined as being false evidence appearing real. I don't agree with that.
1: I've heard that too. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> you don't agree with that? <laughs> no, because I think that I think false evidence. I think you're pushing it away. I really do. And okay. I think you're suppressing it. All right, All right. <laughs>
0: I'm being candid with you. I'm being candid with I you. I want you to be candid. That's just, I want you to be candid. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's what because up. I'm gonna share with you big, Go ahead, please. <laughs> oh. I said I'm
1: just a I'm just a big advocate of moving through your fear and challenges. I like I mentioned several times, I think that's where we grow. Mm, very nice. You know, very when nice. I had anxiety, yeah, when I had anxiety, and you said you had, had experienced anxiety as well. I'll never yes. forget because I'm so bullheaded. I'll never forget the first time I had to go into therapy. And mm-hmm. I kicked and fought the entire time through. I just didn't want to do it because in my mind I was oh, strong. Yes. I'm not revealing any. Yes, I'm not revealing any vulnerabilities,
0: right? Yes, I understand. And yes,
1: I remember. Yeah, I remember sitting in the chair, and the counselor had said. You're so fortunate to be here because so many people go to their grave with their music still in them. And I looked at her and I thought mm. at the time, I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, I was just, I, I was not in my place of understanding anxiety. I was in my own ego thinking I don't need to be here and I'm strong and I'm this and I'm that. But, you know, as as my therapy unfolded and life unfolded, that is so true. It, so many of us just don't really experience what we're supposed to do here, you know, in life, in our life and move through it. I know there's surveys and stuff where people ask older people, what are your regrets? What haven't you done in your life? So I would always say, you know, just try to try to live life to your fullest and sometimes you'll find your growth by moving into your fears. And here I go again, that favorite word, right? <laughs> You're asking me what words I like. <laughs>
0: Well, that's a good word because, again, it just shows that you're on top of it, that you don't allow it to to interfere with what you're doing. (laughs) All right, all right, (laughs) all right. Uh, Poets hail (laughs) from all over the world. Where are you located? I'm sorry. Can you you start that again? I'm sorry. We kind of cut out a little bit. Okay, okay. Poets hail from all over the world. Where do you hail from?
1: Oh, where do I hail from? Poets hail from all over the world.
0: Um, yes.
1: What? Well, I guess I, don't know, I hail from my heart. I hail from my truth.
0: What about your your location? Does
1: that make sense?
0: Yes. It oh, does my location.
1: Make sense. Oh, I didn't know if you were. Yes. Talking. So I'm in I'm in my location. I'm in um, Phoenix, Arizona. Is that what you're
0: asking? Phoenix. Really? Wow. Yes. Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. Phoenix. How uh-huh. how does being from Phoenix or oh, that environment is beautiful there? I've been there a couple of times. How does that environment uh-huh. impact your poetry? <laughs>
1: Staying inside, and not going out because it's so warm in the summer. Um, <coughs> written. You know, I've only been in Phoenix for for seven years. Um, a lot of my poetry I've written over the past twenty five years was composed in Seattle and Texas, because okay. I've also been in Texas and Seattle. So I've moved around a bit. I was born in Illinois, and um, I married when I was in my 20s to my husband. We moved to Texas, and then we were there some 20 years, and then we moved to Seattle. That's where my weeping willow tree, uh, even though there's not much weeping willow there because there's most pine, mostly pines, and was inspired and in a lot of my poems in my book that I reference children they were inspired there.
0: All right, all Phoenix right. Phoenix is the place As that
1: pulled it all together.
0: Think about your process. What has been the most difficult part of the process itself in terms of writing?
1: Um, I would say the most difficult process um, for me sometimes is editing and getting it mm-hmm. exactly where I want it to be. You know, you can come down, like I mentioned earlier, you can pick a topic and you can outline it and bullet, do a bullet form and then think of things to write. Sometimes getting it in exact form and and um, punctuation and stuff, where to pause. Where, well, not so much where to pause, but when I had the book edited, you know, there's no, they don't edit poetry. They, they won't go in and, and punctuate it or edit it. So I think... That is some of the most challenging areas of writing for me. The most challenging thing in putting my book together was coming up with a title because I had all these talk poems. And I said, my that. goodness, what do I title it? Hmm?
0: Yes. Talk yes, about my title? Talk about did you title.
1: See, yes. Yeah, did you, did you see the cover of my book? I know you mentioned earlier you didn't have a copy of my book.
0: I saw the cover on your on your website.
1: Okay, good. So the title is very, it's a metaphor. The tree kind of symbolizes, you know, me as a human or or a human being. And then one side of the tree is kind of barren with some dark tears. And then the other side of the tree is in full form. And there's, you know, little creatures around it and white tears. And that depicts the tears of change. Because as I mentioned earlier, my poetry originated from sadness because I was going through anxiety and all my poems were sad, which was kind of sad in itself. <laughs> but it transitioned into talking and writing about my tears of joy because I was healing. So it's the healing process from the sadness to the joy. So it transitioned into joy and gratitude and love. And the tears flow into the river. I shed a lot of tears during my healing process and anxiety, which was very cleansing. And it brought me to a very good place once I did move through all the anxiety. So that's kind of what the river depicts. The river is pretty much the energy that comes off the trees and the flow, the flow of the river depicts the energy because, you know, we are all energy
0: here on earth mm-hmm. and uh, that's
1: kind of how I came up with the title.
0: Please share another poem.
1: <clears throat> okay. Let me, what I want to do, hold tight with me. I should have had these bookmarks. Oh, yes,
0: no problem. No problem.
1: This is the mirror face, and this poem is um, as I mentioned earlier. We talk about tears and sadness. This was one I wrote while I was moving through my therapy, and uh, it's it's a little deep. It's it's truly from the heart. So it's called the mirror face. Look into your eyes, the window to your soul. Peer deep inside, an old friend will unfold. This friend has been waiting a long time to be found. This is your best companion. It has always been around. Look into your eyes, the window to your soul. Feel those hidden feelings that have never been told, whether it be joy or whether it be pain. Let the feeling surface. The truth will always sustain. Look into your eyes, the window to your soul. The abundance of those tears will surely turn to gold. If those tears are truly all from hurt and pain, just remember through the struggle there is much to gain. Look into your eyes, the window to your soul. See the transfer of life, a cleansing of the old. This friend has been waiting for you to finally see the treasures of your heart. They are your destiny. Look into your eyes, the window to your soul. Trust in yourself to reach your ultimate goal. It's God's way of showing your journey's destiny. The window now opens. Your soul is set free.
0: Mm. That was very touching.
1: Yeah, so that kind of talks about the inner child, you know, it's honoring where you're at within yourself, kind of a personal reflection
0: within. You know, Debbie, so much is happening in our world today. We're living now mm-hmm. in a pandemic. There are other concerns and issues that are affecting us all the time. What do you see as being the role of a poet in modern-day society?
1: I think speaking truth and authenticity, because I think my book touches on a lot of pain, and I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people are going through pain, just like you said, with this pandemic just really, really affected so many of us in so many different ways. And, you know, it's hard. People are losing their businesses. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their apartments or their homes. And it's just so incredibly sad. But, you know, I always say there's purpose in everything and everything happens for a reason. And I know that sounds so cliche. But Mm
0: -hmm.
1: if you're in that situation, you know, you just have to honor it and try to find the good in it. I know that's easy for me to say, but I don't know what else you can do when you're faced with, you know, Challenges and difficulties like that is just keep plunging forward or moving forward and try to find the good. I don't know why this pandemic was here. I question that all the time. Is it God's wrath? Yes. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it showing us? You know what? The mother Mother Earth is suffering so much. We all know that with everything going on there and the pollution and the farming and the mm-hmm. toxicity and there's just all kinds of things out there that are yes. we don't know. Like that's having faith. No.
0: No, we don't. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. Somehow. Mm -hmm. Somehow, with a will and a way. Yeah. We'll get through it. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. You know, if you had to convince a friend or a colleague to read your book, what would you tell them?
1: I would say give it a try. There's a lot of poems in there that touch on different subjects and different feelings and emotions. And I always say, I think. I think you know you always look at a book as who's your audience, right? Who, who does it really? Who, who's your target base? And I've been asked that before, and I think I think anybody that reads it can find a poem that would resonate with them because there's such, there's 18 poems in there, and I think at some point where wherever an individual is at in their life, they can find something, whether it's a sad one or a, ha- a happy one or a contemplation one. I feel uh, I would say just. Pop it open and see which poem comes up first, and try reading it. And see where <laughs> see where it resonates. You know,
0: give it to the universe. Just <laughs> see that. Give it to the you know, universe. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Give it to the universe. I, I know that it. you also frame your work. Tell me about that process.
1: I do. You know, I struggled so much with my poetry. I kept going back and forth. Do I want to write a book, or do I want to sell them as individual poems and frame them, and uh, start a little business? that avenue well how life works out you don't have to have everything all laid out perfectly i always say start small and watch what evolves and this is a good example of that i um started with the book and then from the book my husband and i decided to do a website and then we extracted four of the poems from the book and put them on a website and turned them into what i call poetry overlays so what they are um I would have the uh, consumer send me a poem, or not a poem, a picture, pardon me, a picture. Like say I have a friendship poem that I haven't read yet. Maybe if I have time to read it, I'll read it. But I have a friendship poem. And let's say there's a really good picture of you and your friend you could send to me. I would in turn overlay my friendship poem. It's transparent over the top of it. So the picture is kind of a silhouette behind the poem. And then I send them out. um, I send them back to the uh, consumer. And then I let them frame it. Um simply because I uh there's all different types of frames and styles and decor. Me being a designer there's all different types of decor out there. I let them pick the style frame they want. But it makes a really unique gift. I've been doing well with it. It's very personalized.
0: Right. Because obviously
1: it has the individual's picture and then it has the poem overlaid on the top of it.
0: Oh, that's really, really nice. I saw as I as I had the opportunity to visit your website. I saw some of the of your work. It was beautiful.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Very, very like nice. I said, it's very yeah, it's very individualized. So I, I it can resonate you know with anybody because their their uh, their picture is behind it. Especially my child's world poem. That's one of them I do sell, and I always say send a picture of your child and. The you know, you can put it in their room, and I—that's why I call that the child's creed. It kind of mm-hmm. that poem mm-hmm. kind of speaks from a child's heart about what they need to, you know, maneuver through life and be happy and successful and loving and just move through the life because there's always challenges. <laughs> there's always challenges and obstacles, but that's part of the process.
0: Well, you do offer tips for our morning routine. Tell
1: me more about that. Ooh, my, so I'm retired. Um, I still dabble a little bit. I have a couple clients in in, in design that I work with, but I, I am am I read on my morning routine, I will read from about three books, inspirational books. And they're very short, little, like I have Jesus Calling, and then I have um, some other inspirational books I'll read from. They're just a way to start my day on a positive note. You know, they feed my soul, they feed my mind with good good uh, motivational things to start my day. From there, I move on to working out. I always do some form of exercise, whether it's water aerobics or riding a bike or going to the gym. That's very important to me. And it's kind of my routine. When I get through all that, have my coffee, catch up on the news, and start my day.
0: And you would suggest that others have a similar routine. They could. if
1: Yeah, I, I do. I always, you know, it's always good to start your day out with inspiration. Oh, and mm-hmm. I journal too. How did I leave that out? I journal as well. Yes. And I journal. And sometimes I miss it because I just miss it. <laughs> but I do like to journal because if anything really bothering me at the surface in my mind, it, it comes out in journaling. And and a lot of people, if I talk to them about journaling, they'll say, "Ew, journaling! I'm not going to journal. What do you journal about?" I said, mm-hmm. "Well, that's just it. You don't think about it. You just sit and let the pen do the writing, and you'd be amazed at what comes out. I mean, it's very cathartic. And uh, like I said, especially if you're you're trying to figure something out, or you're maybe if you're upset at someone and you never really confronted them, put it on paper and move through it. Those are those emotions I talk about. Move through all of that. You know, the cobwebs up there." Because when you do, it, it kind of just leaves more space and room for good things to, to happen. I always I try, and it's hard, I always try to live in the moment and quit thinking about the past mm-hmm. or the future. Because yeah. we, I think when we live in the moment, yeah. when, you know, the beauty comes, little miracles come, little things happen. And so many of us miss it because we're so in the past or in the future, and including myself. <laughs> it's very hard for me to be in the moment, but I do strive for that. That's why I go back to some of my inspirational readings. I think they mm-hmm. take me to that place, and, and, and it helps me to focus on that and not so much all the other things that don't do me any service, you know, for the day yes, or the week.
0: Yes, I do. Yes, I do understand. I understand so much, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. You just don't know. <laughs> do you? I'm really well, enjoying I'm this conversation because I'm, yes, I'm really resonating with what you're saying. I really, really am. And uh, I want people to purchase your book. I want people to purchase your book so that they can Thank have you. a revelatory moment just like I'm having right now.
1: Oh, good. Well, that makes me feel good. And you know what? that That is really the main purpose I wrote the book is I just wanted to share a lot of this with people. Um, so many of us are so afraid to go and here I go again. There's fear. Fear and challenge fear. and emotion. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be vulnerable. But you know what, vulnerability, like you asked me the question earlier, can you be a poet if you're not, you know, not vulnerable or you don't expose all of your emotions? I just think being vulnerable and putting all of yourself out there just really opens up space for good things to happen, for other things to move in. Other things, and that's what happened to me when I got rid of all my suppressed emotions. I suppressed all of my emotions when I was younger.
0: Yes. When I got yes. through
1: all of that treatment for or you know, the healing process, I was extremely intuitive, extremely decisive. Oh my gosh, I knew my my gut, I lived by my gut feelings and they were so spot on. Um like mm-hmm. even getting into the design industry, I decided oh, I'm gonna go to that design studio and ask them to hire me and lo and <laughs> behold they <I> did. <laughs> I was very I was very confident. I know. I know that may sound a little you know, that I'm in my head, but i I'm just trying to express that when you when you work with yourself and you work with those areas that are challenging, it just opens up all kinds of other opportunities for you. And they're good opportunities. Mm. That's where my gifts were found and so I gift to write, my gift to design, they all came from moving through my anxiety.
0: Wow. Maybe you've already answered this question. But what moves mm-hmm. you to write a poem? What moves you to write a poem?
1: You know, it, we yeah we talked about it a little bit earlier, but mostly anything. I, there can, I, I can't pinpoint like my weeping willow. Mm-hmm. I said I just saw that tr- a tree, and yes. I went oh, and all these ideas flushed through me. It was just an inspiration. And I'll tell you what else inspired me is sometimes hearing other people's story. I listen to the, I do I read a lot of books and then I listen to a lot of audio books. And I, okay. I read the doc, documentary, on, or I listened to the audio documentary on the Beatles, their story. Simplicity. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Their, their, their music is so simple but yet beautiful. And after I completed that book, I was so inspired. I sat down and I actually wrote a song or a poem. <laughs> they <laughs> just moved me. Yeah, it was, I always say to myself, too, like, wow, I was so moved after that documentary. I think I need to listen to it again. Because it just really moved the creativity within me.
0: Well, what's so funny is, you wouldn't know this, but The Long Mm and Winding Road is one of my favorite songs.
1: Right? It's a beautiful song. You know, and if you
0: listen to them, the simplicity
1: of them, and they would put out songs, song after song after song, right? And they would sometimes, Mm -hmm. I think if I'm recalling right, it was a little, several months ago I read that, and they would just, I mean, and they would put them out, like, within hours. They would just, "Oh, there's a song. Get an idea. There's a song. Well, they were truly I geniuses know in their field. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, they were just, I don't know. There was something about that, that book that just truly uh, brought up my, the creativity in myself. And I think it, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, it's the simplicity, the long and winding road and, Strawberry Fields Forever, and yes. and I know a lot of their music is inspired by you know life events and things that happened with them, as with any mm-hmm. other writer or musician.
0: And I'm not going to take much much more of your time, Debbie. I know you've got a day ahead of you, but oh, that's how okay. is your idea? Okay, <laughs> I really am enjoying our conversation, <laughs> and I want to thank you again Everybody. for spending time with oh, me. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, how has your idea of poetry changed since you began writing poetry?
1: How has my idea changed? I yes.
0: don't
1: know that my what idea. You? I don't know that my ideas have changed. I've I've felt myself grow since writing poetry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't really sat down and wrote much recently, except that song that I told you about. I do. I do. Uh-huh. Uh, journal, so I do put a lot of ideas in that. All
0: right. Well, we have time for one more poem. Okay. Let's
1: see. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'll read? I'll read "Friendship" because this is okay. one that I wrote when a very dear friend of mine was moving out of state years ago, and I went to go look for a card and. Here was inspiration. Again, when we talk about inspiration, there was just nothing that in the store that really tugged at my heart. I was like, I don't like any of this. I think I'm going to write my own. And so I did. So this is truly spoken from the heart. Um, friendship. There are many fond memories I always will treasure. A true friendship is one you simply can't measure. It comes from a place deep down inside, a place that harbors honesty, dignity, and pride. A place where we laughed, a place where we cried, a place where there is no room for lies, a place where we shared the good and the bad, a place to reflect on the happiness we had, a place to go back to when feeling a bit down, a place where there's peace when there's chaos around, a place to embrace when life rattles you or when life challenges you a bit, a place to be secure and endure and not quit, a place to remember all the talks that we shared. A place to hold dear because I knew someone cared. A place where there's feelings, emotions, and sincerity. A place where I hope we will never lose clarity. A place in my heart that is special, you see. This is the friendship you have given to me. That is one of the poems that I sell on the website. And I've been, I've been doing well with that. That when um, people send in pictures, you know, like a group friend. And then I overlay the poem and send it back. So
0: Yeah, I'm just sitting here allowing that poem to resonate with me. That's really Yeah,
1: cool. they my poems are long. They're little stories, you know. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I don't you know, I call it poetry, somebody asked me if I would, <laughs> I would write short stories because they are little stories and I thought I really haven't given that much thought but um they 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 all of them have a have a story, you know, and a subject behind it and uh Truth, you know they, they they come from the heart And that's where I go, that's when I said I think everybody can find something in my book You can resonate with I hope.
0: Can, <laughs> I hope Where can I purchase your book? Where can I purchase it?
1: You can go on my website Tearsofchangepoetry.com There are links there To Amazon and Barnes & Noble Or you can go on Amazon Or Barnes & Noble and uh, type in the name Tears of Change po- poetry or poems, reflections, and quotes, and you can find it there as well.
0: Oh, very nice. Probably the next place any... would, would be my website. Okay, Tears of Change.
1: Mm-hmm. Tears of Change Poetry dot com.
0: All right. Do you have any advice that you would give to your readers?
1: I would say, if you're struggling with anything, uh listen to your heart. you know so many times we're we're such in our head and in the ego, and that can just lend itself to some confusion if you're struggling with emotional things. I always mm-hmm. like to say, uh you know, come home to yourself and listen to your heart. It's the wisdom of your soul. Listen and trust yourself. Like I mentioned, if you're struggling with anything, you're trying to find your gift and you just don't know what you want to do in your life or you're in a dead-end job, just, you know, start jotting things down. And you'll tap into your purpose. You really will. And I think when you do tap into your purpose, you'll find genuine happiness and truth. You know, I a couple things. In the very end of my book, I close with a quote from um, Arthur Ashe. And it's super simple. Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. Because so many of us say, oh, well, I'll do this when my kids, you know, graduate high school, or I'll do this when my husband gets out of school, or I'll do this when I lose 20 pounds. Quit making excuses. Do it now, <laughs> you know. Start it now. Start mm-hmm. the process. Start small. Start, just try, try to, you know, do some self-reflection and see what you enjoy. What, what, what motivates you? What, what, what excites you? And 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 go from there, especially like I mentioned, if you're struggling, it happened to me, so I know it can happen to you. That's what I always say too. It's you know I'm just I, I'm a mother at heart, and I, I've been married 40 years. I have a wonderful marriage, and I mm-hmm. uh, I just trying I I try to honor and move into move into all of my emotions and and feel everything and and just try to enjoy life. And I start my life with those or my days with those those journals, those little little quotes and, and inspiration books and stuff to really feed myself with positiveness because
0: sometimes life gets tough, you know? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. My last two questions, and I'll let you go. Number one. Okay. <laughs> what have you learned <laughs> about yourself from being a poet?
1: What have I learned about myself?
0: Yes, I think I've become more
1: confident and more empathetic uh, toward people. Um, I, I really feel I found my truth. I found my gift. And that is what I, where I'm at right now with my poetry. I want to be of service. It's kind of mm-hmm. where I'm at in my life. I'm, I'm in the retirement stages. And I realized that my poetry, when I wanted to put out out, I said, you know, I, th- I really think this can help people and and that was my my purpose of it uh, putting it one of my reasons of putting it out there too is to be of service to one another I, I say in the back of my book as well my very closing page and I think I extracted this from a prayer but it's probably out there on the internet as a quote but um, the mm-hmm. purpose in life is discovering your gift and the meaning in life is in giving it away mm. and that's what I'm doing I discovered my gift to write and now I'm giving it away
0: all that right. Beautiful. It resonates with people and it helps. Them. Well, what's next for you? This is question number two. What's next for you creatively?
1: <laughs> Maybe I'm 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 enjoying the journey with this book. Maybe a second edition. I do have more um, things that I've written that I could incorporate into a second edition. I'd like to expand more on my business. Um, I. Yeah, I have a lot of ideas. I'm I'm always creative in my mind. Whether, okay. whether they come to fruition, I don't know. But I would like to help right. other poets and, and stuff with my business and maybe incorporate some of their work somehow in that. That's way down the road, but those are just some thoughts I have
0: uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. considered. Well, I'd like to thank you again for sharing your time with me, sharing your gifts with me. Um, I've learned so much. Oh, You've made me me think about things that I hadn't thought about in a very long time. So I thank you, and I wish you nothing but the best.
1: Well, thank you, and I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation as well, and I, I truly appreciate you having me on your show.
0: All right, all right. Debbie Montasia, Tears of Change, Poems, Reflections, and Quotes for a Meaningful Life, everybody. Go out and buy this book today. We all need it. So uh, to our listening audience, I say thank you. I say thank you. And as I share every week, let poetry ring. Goodbye, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. You have just listened to the Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio Podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And... Make sure to catch our next episode.